committed to human and civil rights, environmental sustainability, democracy and equality. It presents ideas mainstream media won't. It's the leading source of local, national and international news analysis and discussion and debate to strengthen the anti-capitalist movements. It exposes the lies and distortions of the power brokers and helps us to better understand the world around us. Mike. Good morning, listeners, and welcome to Green Left Radio. The boys are settling in with all this quick, horrible noises going on. Come on, boys, get organized. Well, we've had an exciting week this week. And oh, yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all raring to go. <laughs> down, One down, another one to go. Uh, a few more to go, well, really. A few more to go. Well, the, <laughs> and the whole class to go, in fact. True, yeah. true, true, true. Okay, so we're going to launch into news first. Yes, shall we go? Yes, absolutely. Let's so go. Then it's here with the news. Well, the big news is, of course, turn. Oh, Abbott is gone. Yay! <laughs> Good ringers. Yes. The scourge of onions and the overlord of, uh, the, of <laughs> the overlord of suppository of, of wisdom and the supreme commander of bungee smuggling operations <laughs> go, has go gone again, off go. the uh, the political Australia's the political scene. has left the building. <laughs> yes, indeed. Now it's now flying as as its own personal flag. He left. By the rear entrance. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Oh, such a pleasure. Unfortunately, to replace him, we have one Mr. Malcolm Turnbull. Boo. Uh, Boo. The uh, well, and just Settle to get down. To, just Settle to get down. an idea, just to get an idea of what's um, just what what uh, what, a, what a great friend of the working class he is. We'll have a look at the, some of his history. He was he was one of the main directors of Goldman Sachs oh, here okay. in Melbourne. And you know, uh, it's just uh, how how well known it is for uh, its uh, marvelous treatment of workers. That's right. And he also made a fortune during the dot com boom, which has now accumulated to a to one hundred and eighty six million dollars, making him the second richest MP in the sitting uh, federal par- parliament. That's sickening, isn't it? Yes, yes. So um, I wonder how many refugees he'll hope to house in his mansion as oh, well. Oh well. <laughs> But he also uh, um, created a bank. Yes, I'm not it's a Whitlam <coughs> Turnbull Bank or something like that. It, okay. he, he was in cahoots with um, uh, Gough Whitlam's son. Oh, okay. and who's the other one? Not not John Kane, but it's another guy. His okay. son as well. So they're not sort of political group, but they set up a bank, and oh. we got a banker. I mean, he, he, we know his uh, spy catcher thing in England, so it is, it's it's all sort of interesting history there. Yeah, that's true. Well, uh, well, well, apart from well, apart from that, he is uh, Turnbull has also confirmed that he is keeping Mr. Abbott's stance on climate change and equal marriage. Exactly the point. Yes. 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 Um, so there really is, Not you know, the new boss just like the old boss. That's right. Mm. A boss is a boss. He exactly. can't change colors. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, now moving on to other 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 stories uh, throughout the week. Well, uh, uh, Viv Miley here writes from uh, from Sydney. System does not care about the Seven Eleven workers. Yeah, some of you may have heard about the um, ABC Four Corners uh, report that, is, that revealed that um, the Seven Eleven has been engaged in a wide scale ripoff of its workers 
who by paying them below award wages and in some cases below even below the minimum wage. Shame. And some of the uh, yeah, and some of the uh, uh, from the report it said that uh, at least uh, at least uh, uh, two thirds of the Seven um, Eleven uh, stores were engaged in some sort of a pay ripoff uh, action of 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 some sort. Um, not another example. Well. Uh, sort of, uh, and coming along with that, let's not forget that uh, the ongoing Hutchinson dispute and uh, the the kind of the kind of the uh, callous conduct of companies and the under capitalism there, where where we still we guys <clears throat> can just be sacked by 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 email and uh, get uh, and, be, and being told to get all the, all their belongings and go away, you know. Yeah, you add it's to a, that the fact that yeah. before before that Seven Eleven issue, they had um, broadcasted about the fruit pickers and exploitation of um, mm. you know, especially foreign workers Saving up in the area. Yeah, and then you have got the petrol chain United also playing up, and then we had the grilled what's his name the the hamburger joint that yeah, yeah, yeah. Ka- Kalani, Ka- Kalani, Kalani exposed, a, and there's yeah. another one coming up. This this it's really interesting. What is the response? To a elected go- from an elected government about the exploitation of workers, these people voted for you for God's sake. What are you doing for them? Well, <laughs> I'm not going to swear, uh, but it's, you know, <laughs> nothing. <Yeah. laughs> I can't. Swear. I think it just goes to show the importance of unions, especially in this day and age, because the one group of workers that were able to get, you know, some degree of fairness. You know, like is the Hutchinson's workers, you know, they put on a picket mm. and, oh, sorry, they community on. action. It wasn't a picket. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's still going, and it's on. still going on. But, you know, like they've actually got a chance of, if not getting their jobs back, you know, at least getting some kind of, you know, redundancy payment or something, which they weren't going to get. They're just going to get, they're just going to get turfed. Yes, right. You know, so like it's just, it just goes to show, you know, you've got to be organized and you've got to be to make the challenge because, you know, the governments aren't going to do it for you. Absolutely. And the other, and actually on on that note, the, uh, another union has been engaged in a lot of industrial action recently is this Community Public, Public and Sector Union, which launched a, a round of industrial action, starting with half day uh, strikes in Canberra um, uh, on September 15th. And the, restaurant. Uh, yep, sorry, finish. And the CPSU National Secretary, um, Nadine Flood, Flood, said that uh, these workers are facing nasty low-ball agreements that strip important workplace rights and conditions from enterprise agreements. Um, and uh, sort of as, as part of that, as some of you know, that the um, uh, the the agents of the oh, agents of the border force are covered by the uh, by the CPSU. So she goes on to say that um, under this policy, the border, uh, border protection workers stand to lose up to $8,000 in allowances, while working parents in Centrelink and, Me- and Medicare are being pushed to give up essential work and family protections and other rights. And after, after more than a year of s- stop-start bargaining, less than 2% of public sector workers have new enterprise agreements in place. And that figure alone shows the government's bargaining policy is simply not working and needs to change. So... Okay. And let's CP- not forget the RBTU strikes here. RTB, oh, actually, actually, it's been it's, these few weeks have just been sizzling. I with know. Industrial action. <laughs> we've got oh, we've got we've got we had posties uh, sort of strike right. strike and demonstrate here in uh, uh, here in Melbourne. So this was last week. Uh, uh, Chris Pearson has a good uh, article there. Yeah, the uh, the Royal Train and Bus Union uh, disputes going on. The taxi drivers have rallied. Yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> um. Uh, uh, the particular the taxi driver strike was uh, <clears throat> actually taking place at the same time as the um, 
RT, as the RTBU action <laughs> as well. <laughs> so if you're caught in the city at that time, very bad luck. You will have to... Transport operations crippled. Uh, walk to work. work. Get some indeed. exercise. <laughs> indeed, yes. Nah. Well, the... Yes, the, the um, uh, uh, actually, sorry. Mo- moving on away from the all the sizzling trade union news. <laughs> uh, actually, actually, sorry, no, just, bef- just before we do that, I just gi- give a give quick mention to Sir Bolton on this wonderful act- article she wrote on workers... Um, Workers on track for win against the Aaron Trams, the tram workers. Great. Uh, well, the stoppage took place um, on uh, September 10th, where, where, where there was an internal meeting in uh, tr- in Trades Hall, and Arambai was at that meeting. I broadcast a, a bit of it for Stick Together as well. The union, the um, the division assistant sec- uh, secretary, uh, f- sorry, um, yeah, sorry. Phil Altieri, Phil Altieri has uh, he has given a rousing uh, speech where he lambasted the Eurotrams and the corporate media for blowing up the numbers for what what the tram drivers actually earn. Hmm. They kept saying that the tram drivers earn an average of ninety one thousand dollars, when in fact, when in fact, well, <laughs> well, not only not only are they actually contradicting what the real pay of the tram drivers, they're actually contradicting themselves because the Eurotram website actually says including allowances and penalty, penalty, penalties listed above tram drivers earn an average of between 65,000 and 75,000 a year once they're fully qualified and that's with allowances and penalties yeah, yeah, yeah. what is your basic pay probably 40 grand or something yeah you know? well exactly it's ridiculous but yeah well, <laughs> your tram says one thing one they know they have published themselves another. Oh yes, <laughs> maybe the tram drivers need to chase Yarra trams up for these lost wages. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sounds, good. sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. It sounds good indeed. Uh, oh, uh, also another honourable mention goes to Dave Holmes, who has written a wonderful article here on um, on the Kurdistan Workers Party and the uh, struggle struggle of the Kurdish liberation. Certainly, give that a. Uh, uh, give that a, a, a read here. I know because no other media is picking up the stuff. Even mm. yes, it's a huge report on the on the battles and around the, around the Syria area, and mm. Kurds were never mentioned. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, moving on uh, to climate news, and uh, Andrea Munting has uh, uh, has written a uh, excellent piece here. So how should oh, a, a very interesting topic as well. How should the mining union respond to the coal divestment movement? Mm. And this is with regards to uh, the recent decision by the Newcastle um, Newcastle City Council. Um, uh, to its decision to start the process of divestment from uh, fossil fuels. So on August 25th, the council approved a policy giving preference to environmentally and socially responsible investments. And this was supported by Labour and Greens councillors and opposed by Liberals and some of the independent ones. But among the among those who uh, uh, among the collection of uh, groups that actually opposed that was the Construction Forestry and Mining Energy Union uh, Division, the Northern Mining uh, District, and the New South Wales Energy D- District. And this uh, this 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 certainly is a, presents a bit uh, quite a, uh, quite a bit of a challenge, not not just to the environmental movement, but also to the union movement. Because we see that the the conflict within labor about environmental policies is well, it's not, it's not really new, but um, 
the response by the CFMU seems to suggest that uh, it will strongly oppose even symbolic steps away from coal and to employing the you know, jobs versus environment uh, argument. There's a lot of debate around that, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. Facebook I mean, is very hot with the debate around. <laughs> I've been trying to follow it. Oh, so yes. confusing. Yeah, that's true. But it's very clear. Environment has to be important. Well, it's not just, well, it's not just about environment being important, but environment uh, is going to provide more jobs than, uh, than fossil fuel extraction. That's, right. that's, that's, right. th- that's, that's just the, the future of it. I mean... Um, well, uh, but but of course, uh, of course, we must mention this, is that CFME does not. It, that's not the position of this. You know, the national wide CFME. This is just a uh, a branch within Newcastle because uh, CFME is, uh, has also also been a very good friend of the um, uh, environmental movement here in Victoria mm. because the former. Um, the, the president of the, here in Victoria, Luke van der Mulen, the president of the Victorian division. Uh, of the uh, of the energy uh, sort of the the, uh, the energy division has been a long time advocate for just transition and for transition towards 100 percent renewables. Yeah, and he's also been he's also been one of a uh, one of the uh, um, uh, one of the biggest supporters of Earthwork Cooperative as well. Oh yes, in the Hunter Valley. So mm. he know he he understands that there must there that this is this is going to happen. This must happen. Yes, there must be there must be a transition towards 100 percent renewables, and the best way to do this is to be, is to is to well say rebuild um, the manufacturing capacity and engineer it towards production of solar energy products. That's right. Which, That's is, right. which, is, which is you know Earthwork is kind of the laboratory for that and yeah been and people are marching with their feet. You know there are mm-hmm. more and more people are putting solar panels on the roof. Absolutely, uh, they realize the advantages of it and to a certain extent understand what the the environment's all about and what's happening you know that they understand the dynamic of it and it just it has become much cheaper for them to mm. to do that so mm. that's encouraging absolutely absolutely um and next up well uh, a bit of a bit of bad news actually so the new laws to strip citizenship without trial Mel- yeah. melbourne's uh, rights here so labor labor and their coalition will vote f- will vote for new weeks for new laws this week um, um i think they may, they may have voted already i'm not exactly sure on on the the bill that's for dual citizens nationals of their citizenship uh, sorry that will strip dual citizens nationals of their citizenship at the discretion of the immigration minister now or- originally the bill proposed that a person suspected of a broad range of criminal offenses including Damaging Commonwealth property could be deported if they had dual citizenship, uh, but now the um, some of the some little changes uh, have been made. So now under these laws, if a person engages in terrorism-related activity, they will uh, they will be assumed to have automatically renounced their citizenship because their actions are inconsistent with allegiance to Australia, and such they do not need to have been convicted by court to have their citizenship uh, stripped. I wonder if Tony Abbott will fit in that one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just thinking of some of the United Patriot, fr- Patriot Front types. That's terrorism. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, um, <clears throat> uh, sorry, and, and just here, writing in the conversation, Monash University Law Lecturer Sangeet Pillai said, uh, this means that a person could lose their citizenship without trial and subsequently be tried and acquitted of an offence arising out of the same conduct that triggered citizenship loss. And that bill does not clarify whether the person's citizenship could be reinstated in that circumstance. Now, interestingly enough, 
um, some of the leaked discussions from the cabinet revealed that uh, uh, Barnaby Joyce was actually was strongly opposed to these new citizenship uh, laws. He said, if you don't have enough evidence to charge them in court, how can you have enough ed- evidence to take away their citizenship? Good point. For once. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Occasionally, uh, the, the, the yes. cells work. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, <laughs> yes, they certainly work there. Um, so uh, ju- uh, just to uh, just uh, briefly, briefly talk, talk yeah, mentioning some of the international news. Fortunately, the attacks against the against uh, Kurds worsen in Turkey as the People's Democratic Party issues urgent call for action. And uh, we've printed here the um, the as the statement by the HDP in uh, Green Left Weekly. But also, also there was there's an interesting um, piece here uh, uh, written why it matters that Alan Kurdi, you know, the three-year-old um, yes, boy who was yes, um, washed yes. up, he was in fact Kurdish. Yes, he was. Oh, he, yeah, he was. And there's a very good quote here. It says, The fate of Alan Kurdi was written a hundred years ago when the Kurdish nation was left without official recognition and divided between four nation states. Yes. It's almost, uh, it's almost like a metaphor for, for the conflict within the... Um, well, not just within the Middle East, but almost, almost anywhere. So whenever you have... Um, Whenever you have, uh, you know, nations and people divided and ravaged by foreign powers, you yes. will, you know, you will always end up with, uh, you know, well, pe- well, first of all, people fleeing, uh, f- people fleeing um, those uh, th- those those territories, but you also end up with the complete breakdown of um, of nations in a very violent way. That's right. But, uh, and it creates refugees. Yes. It, it's yes. it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, yes. it's, it's it just to talk about it brings tears to my eye. You know, no, he, that that man lost his both his kids and his wife, mm. and he's been accused of trying to run away from um, Turkey yes. for economic reasons. But yeah. he was actually being tortured by the Turkish army. You know, um, it's not it's peaceful being a Kurd in Turkey. No, no, it's not or, no. or anywhere. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, right. For that matter. Okay, right. So, Shall we round up? W- one, sorry, one more so, thing. Okay, two two last things. So, sto- okay, this is coming from Ireland. Stormont and chaos on the verge of collapse. The Northern Territory, uh, Northern Ireland um, uh, par- uh, Parliament seems to be uh, seems to be in trouble as the um, Ulster Union uh, Unionist uh, Party has quit the ruling coalition. Mm. The coalition between. Also, unionists, the, the DUP, Sinn Fein, and some of the some uh, SDLP and other other parts that, that was set up as the a great as a step towards the peace process. So the DUP has has uh, resigned, and the DUP leader and Northern Ireland First Minister Peter Robinson uh, has also uh, also seems to be. Um, uh, well, he has he has he has withdrawn every DUP minister from. One executive, except one. So there seems to be a, there seems to be quite a bit of, quite a bit of trouble brewing mm, mm. in in Northern Ireland. Could endanger the peace process. But thirty because, seconds, if you can anything. Right. Oh, uh, fine. Okay. Finally. <laughs> oh, this is this is brilliant. Another beer is possible, and the grassroots challenge showing brewing monopoly in Venezuela. <laughs> the workers the workers have been taking over or trying trying to take over beer beer, beer production and set up their own <laughs> set up their own cooperatives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a, just a quick mention uh, that that in well, basically uh, from my own trip in in Venezuela, I discovered that the only thing they have on on tap is just pilsner, and the, and <laughs> and but a lot of the workers here they, they haven't just been striking for wages, but they've also been striking for 
more variety of beer. Craft, craft oh God, beer. it's pathetic. Yes, so uh, anyway. uh, and definitely have a have a read. Okay, I'm not going to play the midrash today, but we're listening to three three CR, eight five five on AM dial, and this is the Green Left Weekly program, and we are going straight on to the interview. Okay, Zane. So, uh, yes, you're listening to Green Life Radio, and this morning we have Ursula Alcuyer on the line from our Gippsland Way, and Ursula is a campaigner with Lock the Gate and Friends of the Earth, and has been one of the main organisers of the Declare Victoria Gas Field Free Rally that is happening on Sunday. Welcome, Ursula. Hello. Um... Now, Ursula, can you tell us a bit about the Gas Field Free Communities Movement, this uh, grassroots initiative that asserts democratic decision-making at a local level? Yeah, absolutely. Look, this all started about four years ago. Uh, it was very much born in... Um, prior to that, it was born in New South Wales, and it's a model that we uh, rolled out in Victoria as well. We had our first Gas Field Free Community declare themselves gasfield free back in February 2013. And the process involved a local community carrying out a door-to-door survey. And the question is usually something along the lines of, do you want to declare your area gasfield free? Yes, no, unsure. And we've been getting an incredible response to that. The average result is 95% of the community saying yes. Hmm. And since that first community declared, we've now had another 66 communities uh, go through the process. So we now have 67 declared communities here in Gippsland, but also in southwest Victoria. And uh, that number is still growing. So we suspect by the end of the year we'll be up around the 80 mark. Uh, And it really is... It's about people taking back the right to make decisions about the place they live, but also the state they live. In, and it's about communities removing the social licence for these mining companies to operate in their community. Yeah, and I guess it's uh, it's pretty hard for the fracking companies to claim that they have any right to do it when you're consistently getting, you know, people in the, in the ninety percent or more, ninety five percent, saying this is not on, this is not going to be happening in our community. Uh, Well, you would think so, (laughs) but um, as we very recently witnessed at the uh, parliamentary inquiry hearings in Sale, one of the companies, Lakes Oil, who has been trying to bully their way into a community called Sea Spray uh, down on the 90 Mile Beach in Gippsland, claimed that there is no community opposition and that they're not aware of it. Uh, So it's quite amusing. that they're pretending that they can't see this, and yet Sea Spray has been uh, possibly one of the most vocal communities. They've been um, involved in many uh, peaceful, nonviolent direct action workshops uh, to prepare to blockade because they are willing to do whatever it takes to keep this toxic industry out of their community. Yeah, wicked. And it's the, the gas fields are pretty short lived, yeah? Like, it's not like this is going to create long term jobs. No, definitely not. Uh, there's, there's still quite a question mark about even the resource we have in Victoria, but putting that aside, during the building phase, uh, when the infrastructure is being put in place, uh, jobs are created. But after that phase is over, uh, it, it, 
only employs a handful of people. And the other big concern to rural people is the impact it will have on other jobs in agriculture and tourism in particular. Uh, so uh, these mining companies claim that it's going to create jobs. Uh, we've already seen quite clearly that they're able to lie about those figures and um, exaggerate those figures. And in Victoria's case, um, there really isn't any sort of documented independent report that tells us how many jobs it would create anyway. And this is an industry that may be around for 10 or 20 years at the most. And then the industries that have supported us for 100 plus years, such as particularly agriculture, mm. uh, will be devastated. And Gippsland and Southwest Victoria are the symbols of our state. Gippsland alone produces 25% of Australia's milk. So... Mm. When wow. you started to play with those sorts of food bowls and, and essentially our nation's food security and uh, our precious commodity water, uh, once you damage those things, there is no going back. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's uh, typical of this capitalist's uh, mindset that you just trash farmland for a really quick, short-term little hit of, of uh, cash. Um, now, what, tell us a bit about the rally that's happening on Sunday. Uh, yes, it's quite some time since we've brought our message to the city, uh, over 18 months, and this is going to be a big one. So on Sunday the 20th at 12 noon, we're meeting at the State Library to declare our state gasfield free, and we will see people from Gippsland, Western Victoria and the city, of course, come together um, to show that we stand together on this. And this is what makes this social movement so extraordinary. Mm. Uh, it's such a broad movement. Mm. Um, we come from all different political backgrounds. Um, some of us are very progressive, some are more conservative. But we're all able to, to agree on one thing, and that is that this water, our water, is very precious to us, and we are not prepared to put it at risk. Uh, and so we're inviting people to come and join us on the day. It's a family-friendly event. And we are sending a very strong message to the Andrews government, who obviously we are in the middle of a parliamentary state inquiry at the moment. But when those recommendations come out in December, we are urging the Andrews government to stand up to protect Victorians, all Victorians, and put in place a total ban on all unconventional gas mining in our state. Sounds good. Hear, hear. Right. All right, well, uh, we'll catch you there on uh, Sunday and uh, it'll be really good to see city and country coming together to uh, protect the uh, water resources of Victoria. Yes, it should be a fantastic day and the weather's looking good. So. Oh, great. Fantastic. <laughs> Wicked. All right, keep up the good work. Keep it staunch and, yeah, catch you on Sunday. Thank you. See you there. Bye. All right. And as you just heard, there is the rally, Declare Victoria Gasfield Free, that is happening on Sunday, September 20 at 12 noon, and that's at the State Library in Swanston Street in the city. Um, so make sure you come along, protect our land, health and water from unconventional gas. A um, couple of other announcements. There's a book launch coming up on Tuesday, the 29th of September uh, at 6.30pm. That's at the Resistance Centre Level 5407 Swanston Street. And this is, um, yeah, the, the Kurdish freedom struggle today. Um, and this provides background on the Kurdish freedom struggle in Turkey and Rojava, the Kurdish majority liberated zone in northern Syria. Um, and there's, yeah, a couple of speakers there. So come and check that out. That's a, um, 
a really topical thing at the moment and that, that book should provide some really useful info. And there's also a photo exhibition, 37 Years of People's Struggles and Resistance Against Brutal Iranian Regime. Uh, that's from 10am till 6pm at Meeting Room 1 at Trades Hall. And that starts on this coming Wednesday, September 23, and it goes for a week until the following Wednesday. And just to add to that, on Sunday at the exhibition, they're having a short documentary, and it should be a very good documentary. It includes the UN response to what's been happening in, in Iran and gives you a bit more in-depth understanding of you know, the, the relationship. There's such a complex relationship that has been had with Iran um, so it should be very interesting. So people should come along to it. And, and is that this Sunday or next? 23rd. 20th. Uh, not, not the Sunday, the one after. Uh, after yeah, the 23rd. The after, okay. Sunday week. Yeah. So it should be a very interesting Sunday. So it's trade all. People know how to get there. And Bahamut's the one who put it together. A yeah. lot of hard work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's involved with uh, Refugee Action Collective yes. as well. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. And coming up, we, we ne- often neglect to mention, but coming up is uh, the Beyond Zero Emissions radio show. So make sure you stick around for that because they've been doing some live shows and they do some good work, climate activists. Yes. Any more announcements before we. Oh, Geelong. The uh, Equal Marriage. Ah, right? uh, yeah. yes. <laughs> Equal Marriage Rally in Geelong, one o'clock tomorrow. <laughs> so go there. Be there. If, if, if there, Geelong's not too much. One of the first, one, actually one of the first Equal Marriage of Australia yes. is taking place exclusively in Geelong. So Fantastic. Uh, that should light a bonfire under Malcolm Turnbull. Yes. Yep. <laughs> okay, we're ready to roll. Well, um, thank you for listening to Green Left Weekly, 3CR, on 3CR, AM Dial. We will be back next Friday at 8am. And Absolutely. bye to listeners. Thanks, bye, bye, guys. Bye-bye. Au revoir.